You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I am Emily Lita. And we are your hosts this morning as we're broadcasting from the Mustard Seed Catholic Store in sunny Sioux Falls, even when it's cloudy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Emily mentioned this earlier, but we just want to make sure our listeners know um, that you can always listen to RPR via the app. So if you have a smartphone, if you don't have the app, go to the App Store, uh, the iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, um, and search for Real Presence Radio. Once you get it, once you have the app, you can listen to all the great daily programming like Real Presence Live. Like Real Presence Live like with Real Chris Presence. and Emily. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. There's all sorts of daily podcasts you can listen to. If you miss a show, you can listen to the daily mass readings and pray with them. You can submit a prayer request. You can be part of this family if the Lord is calling you to donate to a Real Presence Radio. Is there anything you can't do? Um, it doesn't cook. I was just Sadly. thinking, can you order like a hamburger? You probably could. Well, uh, <laughs> our engineers will work on that. Uh, so. Coming soon to an app near you. <laughs> Take a minute, download the app as we go into our next interview with Mr. Chris Motes. Hi, Chris. Hey, great to see you. It's good to have you here. Um, tell us, uh, just in case people have been missing your weekly updates briefly, who, who are you? What do you do? Uh, my name is Chris Motes. I'm the director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference, which represents the Catholic bishops of South Dakota on matters of public policy, kind of bringing an explanation of, of how the church's like, moral and ethical understanding of the human person can really inform our public life together, politics. Great. Yeah. Okay. So you're in the midst of a busy legislative season. When does it wrap up? Yeah, we, uh, mid-March will wrap up. It's, um, it's a relatively short season as far as state legislatures go. We very much have a, a citizen legislature, so we've got, it's always you know 40 working days or less. This year it's 37 working days. Yeah, they get it knocked out in about 10 weeks, working f- uh, four-day weeks, so that way they have a little time back home with their constituents on the weekends too. They go to these things called Cracker Barrels, which I've had to explain from people that are not in South Dakota. That is not a restaurant where you can get amazing pancakes <laughs> and mashed potatoes. A Cracker Barrel is, is like a legislative forum on the weekend. You know, everybody stands Oh, seriously? It. Yeah, it's where I think It's the not term, actually at a Cracker Barrel. No, it's it could be, you know, at a community college or a church or a high school or wherever. And it's just a chance to interact with your legislator and ask them questions. And they do them on the weekends. I think the term comes from like the old general store where everybody's sort of, you know, standing around the Cracker Barrel. But uh, I'm going to yeah. be honest, my mind is blown right now. I really <laughs> thought it was at a Cracker Barrel. It's, I really did. I'm second guessing everything I've ever known. <laughs> that's kind of a fun thing about South Dakota politics is we have all these archaic terms like, have you ever heard the term hog house? No. If, it's a hog house of bill. Yeah, the hog house of bill. Okay, no, what's that um, the, the Like the origin of this term is, is slightly apocryphal. I don't really know exactly what the origin is, but th- what it is in effect is when somebody takes somebody else's bill and completely guts it and puts different language in it. It's like a hostile, not always. Um, sometimes there could be a friendly hog house. But I think the term is like, I think there, you, know, you ever hear like the politicians going back in the smoke-filled room right, um, and right. like cutting the deals, you know, the horse trading. I think there used to be a hog house somewhere. In, in pier. Like where this happened. I don't know. That's right. all oh I can gosh. figure. Oh my gosh. Fascinating, fascinating. 
Well, okay, can you give us an update? What's been happening um, this last week? What are some of the bills that you're keeping an eye on? What's going on? Yeah, so House Bill 1057 was a bill that we were really supporting, encouraging. Uh, it was a it was a bill that would have prevented, uh, precluded doctors from uh, doing certain treatments on kids ages 15 and under, surgeries, uh, pharmaceutical prescriptions, etc. If it was for the purpose of, of, of sort of affirming distress that the child had concerning their sex, you know, what the church would refer to as um, you know, gender ideology, kind of this idea that one can be the opposite sex. <coughs> the, the bill died, which was really, um, you know, it was disappointing to see uh, disappointing to see some of the arguments that were getting traction, arguments that just um, that, that didn't have a sound uh, moral basis. Right. You know, this is bad for the economy or, you know, the, the government um, shouldn't be getting involved in these, these phys- physician-patient relationships. Like, we don't apply those same, that same sort of reasoning to, let's say, uh, a pro-life measure. Um, you know whether it's uh, abortion or physician-assisted suicide, etc. Yeah, because so. because South Dakota is is generally considered a quote unquote red state. I mean, pretty conservative both economically and and socially. Right. Uh, having passed many pro-life bills in the past. Yeah, and it. I kind of think it. You know, one of the 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 uphill climbs for the church's proposition in the world today is just a false conception of of human freedom right. that's out there and human freedom is the idea which is erroneous that the idea is that human freedom is do whatever you want do whatever you want yeah. and it's not there's not like a good that it is ordered towards and it can be perfected in right. the catechism's words <coughs> the perfection of freedom so that that bill died um, a couple of of good bills are still alive house bill 1096 is the bill to ban commercial surrogacy and that'll uh, that's a bill that'll be up uh, in committee next Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, the 26th. Um, Can you describe commercial surrogacy as opposed to general surrogacy? Because there's a difference, correct? The, um, practically speaking, there's a difference. In what the, this b- particular bill is yeah, our, addressing. That's that's right. Our, our objections as Catholics would by and large be the same. There's, surrogacy there's in general. Surrogacy in general. It fractures the meaning of motherhood. It, it removes... Um, procreation from its really proper place in the natural moral order. You know, children have a right to be conceived in an embrace of love between their mother and father in their mother's womb. That's the, that's how the church speaks of it, you know, right. the right of a child. Right. But with commercial surrogacy, there's a, even a particular uh, political urgency to it because now we're bringing money into this transaction and we're really reducing the human persons involved to objects of trade. You know, we're not treating them as human persons. We're treating them as objects. Um, and this is one of the great gifts that, that St. John Paul gave us in his Theology of the Body, is that um, we, we must always treat others as persons, never as objects. And there's great meaning in our bodies. Yeah, and I think that even, even if I say, I'm okay with being uh, commodified, if I'm okay with being made an object for trade, just because I give my permission for it doesn't make it right. That's right. You know, um, I was just reading some St. Augustine and like Roman history. There used to be a thing where if you had a bunch of debt, like tax debt, you could sell yourself into slavery to satisfy your debt. Right. And the church was really against this. Right. Uh, even in the you know fourth, fifth century, that this is um, we we don't treat human people like this. So. Um, yeah, so that bill, we really need um, just positive 
engagement uh, really with people can be reaching out to their legislators. It's going to be in a Senate committee next Wednesday. So to just reach out to the, the senators that are on the Health and Human Services Committee or, or reach out to the senator who repre- represents you in your disti- district is uh, would, be, would be a, a great, great thing. This is a, this is a good bill, and it's, there, there are really some strong South Dakota implications, too. Um, you know, if, if anybody goes and listens to episode one of the Catholic Conference's Faith and Politics, we tell the story of a South Dakota woman who was a commercial surrogate and came to just see over time how she was really being um, manipulated and and exploited, mm-hmm. uh, treated as a thing, mm-hmm. not as a person. Mm-hmm. So uh, another bill that we're on right now, uh, Senate Bill 64, deals with capital punishment. It's been amended from its original form, um, so it doesn't take capital punishment off the table for people with a serious mental illness. But what it does in its amended form is it asks juries who are weighing a capital crime, it puts all these factors in front of them, um, including serious mental illness, maybe age at the commission of a crime, etc., and, and makes them mitigating factors in in the jury's decision on whether or not to apply capital punishment. It's not as strong as it originally was. It's still a great bill because what it does is it uses all these factors of a person's life, their illness, uh, etc. And it kind of, it, it says uh, to the jury, look at this human person through these factors of through their life. Through these lenses. Yeah, these lenses. And the, the lens really highlights that this is a person, mm-hmm. you know. They have dignity. What percentage do you, uh, this is probably not a fair question, but I'm going to ask you anyway, what percentage do you think of uh, men and women that have, are on death row or have been on death row um, would actually kind of fit if we were to look through these lenses of mental illness? Do you think we would find that it would apply to many of them? You, you know, I, I can't speak uh, specifically to... Um, to people that are on death row or maybe charged with a capital crime, I don't, I don't know those numbers. But if we just look at society more broadly, yeah. we can certainly, you know, even just anecdotally from our own lives, see the uh, the incidences of of really serious mental uh, illnesses uh, on the rise. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're articulating doesn't dismiss the crime, but that's right. But it doesn't um, warrant that's right. Capital punishment. That's exactly right. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I am Emily Leadham. And we are visiting this morning with Chris Motes, the Executive Director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference, about some of the, the bills that are working their way, or ha- um, have been working their way through the South Dakota legislature. Uh, Chris, any, any other particular bills or resolutions that you want to talk about? Yeah, there's uh, <coughs> there's something in the works right now. I'll get it up on the website and out to the email list once uh, it's it's finalized. But it's a, it's a resolution that, that identifies a problem. Uh, and the problem is this. Um, there's an organization called the National Educational Association. It's essentially a, um, a public school teachers union, uh, national, and every state has its own chapter. South Dakota has its own chapter too, the SDEA. And last summer at its national convention, uh, they, they adopted a resolution that, um, that articulates a defense of Roe versus Wade. And articulates as as like a plank in their platform, as integral to the good of that organization, right. uh, a woman's uh, right under Roe versus Wade to terminate a pregnancy. And this is just abhorrent, like on so many levels. What does this have to do with education? You know, especially you know when we in the scientific advances of the last uh, forty years, there's no question. There is no question that 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 human being in the womb is 
is a human being. So this is a person. Um, and so the resolution, is, as, I've, as I've seen it in the works, is, is, is just something um, identifying this fact and, and saying, you know, the South Dakota, this, this is contrary to what we stand for in South Dakota. Um, you know, it, it's a private organization uh, that, well, can they say whatever they wish? Sure. Should they? No. This is, this is wrong. And so that's, that's the purpose of res- resolutions from time to time. Um, is is to just say this is not what we as a people stand for. So being a resolution but not a bill, it has no force. It's just like you just said, this is what we. St- it's a declaration. Yeah, it's a declaration you. or an exhortation. You know, they can really exhort action. We saw a resolution last year that uh, uh, asked the governor to to declare a day of of, of prayer for the unborn, which she did. You know, that originated in the legislature. Yep. So so they can be exhortations also, and it's. You know, they're when they're well written, they're really just they they state the positive case. They don't they don't they're not attacking anybody, but right. just like here's the here's the here's the splendor of the truth. Yep. You know, this mm-hmm. is what's true, and this is attractive and compelling. So, mm-hmm. so stay tuned on, uh, for more on that. You're one. kind of a missionary in this place. You know, and that's really that's the bottom line takeaway is that um, you know, as as lay people, I I work for bishops, <coughs> but for all of us who are lay people. Um, you know, the Holy Father, and this is Pope Francis, but it's even going back uh, to the Second Vatican Council, just emphasizing that as lay people, um, our, our field, our missionary field, is, is, this, is, is where we are as lay people. We're called to the fields of politics, art, culture, work, education, um, and, and we can't abandon it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we really can't. So when we talk about being missionary disciples... The, the truth of Jesus Christ really needs to be heard, even in politics. So if we really believe that, like, you know, Jesus is is the one who reveals man's deepest longings uh, to himself, like, yeah, we've got to tell that truth mm-hmm. in the field In of every politics. sector. In every sector. Mm-hmm. Not optional. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, if people want to stay up to date, how do they do that if they want to follow your work? Uh, you can follow the uh, South Dakota Catholic Conference on Facebook, uh, or you can go to sdcatholicconference.org and sign up for the email newsletter to, to stay in touch or just check back to the website for our regular updates. Great. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Up next, we're going to jump into the car and travel around the listening area for the 10-minute tour of our local events. Later, we're going to have a ticket giveaway to a big event fe- featuring a big name in the Catholic world. Keep it right here. There's plenty more Real Presence Live to come in just a couple minutes. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 